If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the Get in Touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the Hardworking Woman's Guide to Money, available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, saving money, spending money, growing money, investing money. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about the fact that people go through these elaborate processes to try to change something, especially something financially. And sometimes you just have to ask, you know, like for a discount, for example. But we're going to talk a lot about that. I'm going to have Joe Neff, who has been with our firm at New Day Solutions for several years now. He's uh, the budgeting ninja, I think you might recall from an earlier episode that I'll make sure I link in the show notes. Joe loves the idea of making the most out of what he's making, the idea of how to save money and how to make sure that you're not spending more than you should. And I just think that he grounds himself in the basics of good money management habits. So he came to me with this topic, this idea about just asking for it instead of making a big job out of it. And I thought, sure, why don't we do that? So we're going to talk a little bit about how to get what you need, maybe just by knowing who to ask. I'll be back with that and more after the break. Your host, Katie Thomas, is the Director of Portfolio Services at New Day Solutions a firm offering expertise in retirement planning with more than 25 years of experience, dedicated to high net worth individuals, families, and business owners. We work with you to have a coordinated approach for your comprehensive investment goals, providing concierge service for all generations from a team who can see things from your side of the table. Go to newdaysolutions.com for more information. Thanks for holding on through our shameless plug. Let's get right back into it. You know, Joe, one of the things that we always talk about is this idea of making the most out of what you have, which I think fundamentally is a core value of the financial planner or the life planner. Would you agree? Yeah, I think I think it all comes down to controlling the variables you actually have the ability to control and accepting the fact that there are some things out of your control. You've got some thoughts here around just getting on with it and asking. So if you've thought about just asking for what you want and you're listening to the show and you're like, oh, I'm never going to do this. Joe's going to talk a little bit about, you know, how you ask and what you should be thinking about. So Joe, tell me a little bit about the big deals people put themselves through versus just getting around to asking. Give me a good example of that. Well, I'll start with a story of my own. So I am a customer of an internet company. I don't want to name names here. I did notice that over the last couple of years, my bills have been creeping up significantly. And I was shopping around and looking at all these ways to get my bills down like any smart spender would. And I just got to a point where I thought, I haven't even asked these people if there's something they could do for me. 
I've been a loyal customer for years now, and I haven't given them the grace to just ask. So that's what I did. I called and I went through the automated phone line and I worked to get somebody, a human on the line. And then I just talked to them and said, hey, I've been customer here for a number of years now and I've seen my bill creeping up and I just wondered if there's something you can do for me. And just that simple conversation resulted in a $30 discount and four times the internet speed. Crazy. So that was it. One phone call was all it took. One phone call, about 20 minutes. Yeah. So for all of you out there that are thinking about cutting the cord, changing companies, doing this, doing that, firing those guys, maybe the first step is to call them and see what they could do for you. That's your point. That would be actually pretty easy and quick. Let's face it. Sometimes they say, sorry, Joe, you know, we like you. You're a nice guy, but uh, the, the price is the price. So then what? So in that instance, you're out 20 minutes. So you, you've spent 20 minutes on the possible loss. So when we go into these things, we need to think about what's the worst that could happen, right? So if we ask the question, we think, okay, what am I going to lose if this doesn't work out my way? And in this particular instance, you need to be out, what, 20 minutes, half an hour. That's not a huge loss. That's something you can tolerate. I think you spend way more time figuring out what you could do instead than just seeing if you could do something better where you are. How much time do you think, I mean, if, if time is money and we all understand that there's only so many hours in the day and frankly, only so many brain hours in the day, how much time do you think it would take if you decided instead to start with, screw those guys, where can I go and do better? You could go down a number of different rabbit holes with that one. And what it comes down to is, what are you worth per hour? Right? You're going to spend hours shopping online and looking at these things and trying to find a discount here or there. And at the same time, time is money. And if you're thinking about it in the way of what's my hourly rate, you're spending a whole lot more money shopping around where if you just ask, and maybe it goes your way, maybe it doesn't, but there's a good chance it will because they want to retain customers. Most businesses do. Yeah, they're not really going to so, do anything for you unless you ask. But if you ask, you might do better. And that would save you from having to run around and do all these other things. Thinking about it in, in a number of different ways. It's not just the cable or the internet bills. Some places it's um, gym memberships, for instance. Like there, there are tons of gym memberships where they just, they, their model is to sign you up and just keep you at the same rate and then maybe quietly adjust the rate every now and again so that you're paying a little bit more and a little bit more. Maybe one time while you're walking in, say, hey, I really like this gym. I want to keep coming here, but the bill keeps going up and I don't like that. Is there any way I can get on this promotional offer? Or maybe if you shut my membership off and then I rejoin, we can get on this promotional. Yeah, I hate that. New people get a better price, but you, loyal customer, for years and years, you're paying a higher price. So what do they value? The new person that they're attracting or the loyal customer? The reality is, they actually see the loyal customer is already in. So companies don't think that they actually need to do anything for you unless you complain a little, right? Like if you yeah, don't the, ask, don't get. The squeaky gear gets the oil, right? So right. just make a little bit of noise. Now, with that said, I think there are a number of situations where you most certainly have to do some honest introspection before asking the question. Something like 
is this going to be, is this a bigger deal to me than the other person or vice versa? Right. So maybe you really don't like doing a particular job, say at the end of the day, you don't like washing the dishes at the office after all the meetings. It's like, maybe somebody else really likes doing that. Maybe they just thought that you enjoy doing it. But if you don't huh. ask the question, say, then hey, you don't maybe, know. Yeah. You know, one of the other things you talk about is the idea of finding out if you can have more flexibility in your schedule at work or working from home. Can you talk a little bit about how you coach people to think about that in their own finances? I mean, let's face it, time on the road, getting back and forth to the office is, I think about that as a contribution that you make toward your boss that you don't get compensated for because it takes you time to get there. Now, it is your problem if you decide to live further away from the office, but Today, a lot of employers are a little bit more flexible if you actually ask, but most people are terrified to ask for a change of hours or a change of venue, like working from home. How about some ideas about that? Coaching people about how they might approach their employer about those ideas. Yeah, so this is actually a perfect example of where you need to do some honest introspection. So you need to question the idea of, can I reasonably do my job at home? And if you can look at yourself honestly and say, hey, I do this work and I can reasonably do that when I'm not at the office, maybe you go to your boss and float the idea a little bit at first, see the reaction and then say, hey, can I do this? Can I, maybe one day a week or maybe half a day. Maybe I work, in a, work from home in the morning, drive in at lunchtime and we'll see how that works out. And eventually you just ask for a little bit more, a little bit more. And if it works out, you keep doing it and you just ask. If you're a fixture where you're working and you need to be in the office, say you need to talk to people face-to-face, -face, you need to be honest with yourself and say, is this a reasonable ask? Right, right. if I'm greeting the clients and, coming in the door and I'm working from home, it's actually a problem for everybody else. It most certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> if I um, work in a small team and we have meetings all the time together face-to-face, -face, then that's probably a problem if I'm saying video me in because the people in the room sometimes resent the fact that somebody else is actually not in the room, right? Exactly. The other issue with this is if you know it's going to be poorly received, it's probably not a good idea to ask. If you know for certain, right? If you're in one of these positions where you're seeing people all the time and you're asking for little bits here and there, and you know that it's going to cause some strife. So say you know that people resent the fact that maybe there's an idea of somebody working from home. So you got to ask yourself the question, what's the worst that could happen? And then what you do then is you weigh it out with a potential benefit. So right. say in the instance of you, maybe you have a young child at home or they are going to elementary school or something like that, and they come home at 2.30, instead of paying for that after-school program, you get the benefit of being home so that you can open the door, let the kid in, they can sit down and do their homework, you can keep working. So there is that benefit there. If you're just staying home to stay home, <laughs> there's yeah. a good chance that if you know the question isn't going to be well-received, you probably shouldn't ask. I think it's really hard, too, because... You know, having been an employer for a really long time, there's always how everybody else perceives it. And that, you know, the dynamics of what's happening in an office, there are really some employers that are much more suited to working remotely than others, other certain kind of businesses. But I think, you know, to your point, if you don't ask, you don't get. But 
if you ask and your boss says, listen, I really can't accommodate that because no, we just don't do that. A lot of times I think bosses don't even tell you why they just say, no, we just don't do that. But even if they tell you why, what I think you need to understand as an employee is that's either okay and you can get over that. Or if you're going to grumble about it, then maybe you need to work somewhere different where they have more flexibility. How do you feel about that? I think if you ask the question and there's a rational reason why not, I think you should be able to accept that. You should, any, anytime you ask a question, you should be prepared for a negative answer or something not going your way. Whether that's looking for employment somewhere else or just accepting the fact that you can't have this particular thing that you want. Right. Like I have a girlfriend of mine who has like a terrible commute, you know, one of those Route 495 commutes in Massachusetts, which is like just, it's soul crushing commuting going in and out of Boston and around, in around Massachusetts at rush hour. And so one of the things that she's done, her boss actually likes her to be there every day. And, you know, most bosses do actually want you to be there every day. But one of the things that she's done is she's actually been able to shift her drive, come in a little earlier and leave a little earlier, which has allowed her to skip a lot of the rush hour on the way home because she gets on the road kind of before everybody else. And she gets in before many people are on the road. So it's not that she has no traffic, but she has significantly less traffic. So that saved her on the commute side about 15 minutes each way. And remember, guys, time is money. Her boss is still getting the same amount of hours. So it's not like they can say, oh, geez, I'm not getting what I get from her and somebody else isn't getting it, whatever. And she doesn't have direct client contact. So for her, it's not like she's got to answer a phone that's ringing on her desk from the company's most valuable customer. So the employer is still getting the hours they need in the location that they want. But she's saving about a half an hour a day and all the associated anxiety of it just by a small time change in her schedule. But you don't get what you don't ask for. Last month, she wasn't asking and she was basically sitting in rush hour traffic every day. It was terrible. So now she's made the small change. She's got about a half an hour of her life back. By the way, a truly rotten half an hour that's now significantly nicer. And so that was valuable to her, both personally. And it really didn't cost her boss anything. But if she hadn't asked, she wouldn't have gotten. And I just think people don't advocate for themselves very well. But if the boss had said no, I mean, sometimes you just have to show up when they say and go when they say, because it, you know, it's a four letter word, but it's work. And they don't, they don't always want them to do. Yeah. And in any situation, it's important to remember a couple of things. And the first is you are your best advocate. Nobody's going to advocate as hard for you as you will. Right. The second thing to remember is that you're employed by a person, whether or not it's a corporation and maybe it's a board of people, you're employed by people. And you have to remember that they are people. They're going to have good days and bad days. And there's this aged view of the boss being this almost like a dragon in the cave. Like you, <laughs> you go. Yo, are you talking about me being a... that dragon in the cave? I just want to know. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's this perception that there's a, there's something they're not like they're different. Right. They're other. Absolutely. It's important to have respect. It's important to have respect. Like you need to respect people in general, especially the people you work with. You need to have that willingness to treat them as another human, right? They're, right. they're somebody, they have feelings, they have volition, they make their own decisions and you respect that. And they all, everybody has their role that they play. You respect that. 
and certain people take take on more risk. And it's important to remember that you're an employee of a small business and your boss is the owner of the company. They're accepting a lot more risk than you are. So you need to respect that as well. But at the same time, they're going to empathize with you. They're people. Right. So in your girlfriend's situation where she has that a miserable commute, I'm sure her boss looked at that and said, I totally get it. I need you here. But if it makes sense for you to come in a little earlier to maybe miss the 15 accidents that take place on 495 every day. Yeah. Then, then well, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you're a bad employee, guys, if you're not getting to work on time and you're, you don't give a crap about your work and you come in and say, hey, can I change my hours? Guess what? You're probably going to hear no. Right. So you have to be a valuable employee. Meaning like if you're really committed to the work that you do and you're doing a good job every day, if your boss can figure out how to make it a little easier for you, chances are good. They're going to want to help you. They can't always help, but sometimes, you know, it's not that they don't want to. Yeah. And it, it all comes down to that, that mutual respect. Right. That's right. So if you respect your boss's time, you're going to show up to work. So you have one other bucket of ideas that I actually thought was really interesting. So I'd like to change gears a little bit. So we talked about ways that you can save a little bit of money by asking the question, can I do a little bit better? And then you also talked about places where you could save either time or money and how both of those things ultimately equate to your ability to save a little bit of money. Then we're going to talk about potential life asks. Now, these are the the big asks that you ask of people that might help really advance your life. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So the the first one, it relates mostly to what we were talking about before is time. And we, we talked about that mutual respect for other people's time. I think personally, one of the biggest things you can do is ask for somebody else's time. So for the example I had written down before the before we started the podcast, I said asking for a mentor a mentor's time, right? Right. So in anything, when when you want to be good at something, you surround yourself with people who are good at it. As finding somebody who's willing to walk with you in that and give up a little give a little bit of their time to coach you a little bit in what you're doing or give you some advice around a particular subject, that's incredibly valuable. And in a lot of cases, it comes free. You just have to ask for it. That's right. I can remember, you know, this reminds me of when I was, uh, this goes way, way back, Joe, before your birth. No, I'm only joking. Um, but we're, we're going back to the early 90s. And I had recently moved to New Hampshire to run a pilot for uh, American Express Financial Advisors with uh, Shamit Bank. And then Shamit Bank, which was a big local bank at the time, got acquired by Fleet Bank. And then suddenly a year later, we were out of our contract and I was in New Hampshire. It's kind of how I came to New Hampshire. And the woman that was running the three state region at the time uh, offered to kind of like take me out to lunch or whatever. And I kind of blew her off. And so the woman who had been my manager at the bank, this duh, right? So this is duh. I'm running hard, doing my thing. I'm not really paying attention. And I'm not even looking around for mentors. I'm just running hard. And so the woman that had been my manager in the bank, she said to me, what is wrong with you? I said, what do you mean? She said, when Teresa Handready offers to take you to lunch, why don't you call and schedule it? I said, oh, I thought she was just being nice. She goes, you are an idiot. Call her up and schedule that lunch. This woman is a huge mover and shaker. She's offering to mentor you and you don't even get it. And I go, 
wow, I had no idea. So I called and scheduled it. And, you know, she was a terrific mentor for me for a number of years and a good friend to this day. But I just didn't even see that somebody senior was actually reaching out to offer me the opportunity to mentor me some in my business because I was just busy working. And I couldn't imagine that somebody like her was actually thinking about helping some little minion like me. I don't know, maybe it's ignorance or pride or whatever. I, I never even occurred to me. And Joan like just banged me over the head and she's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> so when somebody offers that, right, they offer their time to, to help you a little bit. That's a big thing. And if somebody offers that to you without you even asking, and you're not smart enough like me to just say, great, when could we make that happen? That, that's a yeah. big miss, right? So a potential life-changing ask is to ask somebody and also be open to the offer from somebody else and take action on that when you see it. Yeah, it's just taking the time to think about it, do some honest introspection, and then asking them, hey, when would be a good time? Or would this time work? Or when can I make time to do this? When, when would it make sense for you? I scribbled down some other stuff here too, because too, too often we think we get caught in this professional world of getting ahead that way. And I thought in the same way, asking for time with somebody you care about, right? Giving your family time of day saying, hey, can, can we spend some time? Because yes. you need to balance professional and regular life. And if we're constantly thinking, oh, we, I need to get ahead, I need to get ahead, we tend to leave our family behind in a sense. So I think it's really hard to have, you know, it's really hard to have that balance too. I know this is something that I struggle with all the time is that, you know, I'm running hard. I got a million things on my mind and I'm kind of like trying to cram that other stuff in with a crowbar, trying to make it all fit. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a challenge for, you know, the, the truly driven type A working professionals. We think we could somehow secret sauce it all in there. But really what we're doing is we're stealing from everybody so that we can get everything. And the idea of spending some time and deciding that this time is important to be just family time. And so guys, like not being on your phone while you're out with your kids, perfect example, right? Not being distracted yep. with something from work when you're home with your family, eating dinner, like. The idea that when you're there, you're truly there. Mm -hmm. And then if you're on the other side of that and say you're, um, you're with one of these type A people who are keep going and going and going, maybe just take, ask for some time. Say, can we have this time together? And I, I think that's a life-changing ask. Because I yeah, think that alters the course of any relationship. Because yeah. the rest of us are just running around like, you know, like, tornadoes just disrupting everything in all the worlds around us trying to move as quick as we can and sometimes mm -hmm. you just got to stop you got to slow one of them people down yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> so you also talk yeah. about asking about about clarification can you talk a little bit about that oh this is one of my favorite there are a number of ways where this could alter the course of your life altogether and my favorite absolute favorite example of this is before you sign that contract to take out a student loan. I remember um, when I was going to college for the first time, 
I got this paper and it showed me a couple different things on there. It gives you the little chart to show you how much you're going to pay at the end of the loan. And of course, you're thinking, I'm going to college. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the house for the first time. So you just want to sign it. But taking the time and saying, I don't really understand this fully. Can you help me out? Or can you explain this to me? Or can you clarify what you mean by this? Can save a lot of people a lot of heartache after the fact. So asking what it means, whether the interest is compounding or whether the loan is subsidized or unsubsidized or what that means if you don't understand it, that can make a huge difference um, in coming out of college with huge interest already built up on these loans or huge payments or maybe you don't understand what the repayment plan is. That could make or break you in that first couple of years. And all, all it would have taken was asking for that clarification at the beginning. You know what I think another big ask is on that big ask is to if you can't get subsidized loans because your parents have too much income, asking them to pay the interest on it while you're in school. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great ask. I think parents don't think about it at all. They're just not really thinking about it. And kids don't even know to ask for it. But I would argue that if you asked most parents if they'd pay the interest on this till you got out of school so that it didn't keep growing, most parents would just do it. Exactly. Yeah. But other kind of things might you want clarification on before you just say, okay, I got it. (laughs) So I I think I've actually heard this one from you, and that's the dentist, right? Yeah. So they're my favorite attack. You could spend so much money there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to paint all dentists as no, with the same brush. No way. Yeah. No. But a lot will say, hey, let's get this done now or let's do this now. And I think it was your question was, can we do this and can this wait? Right? Does this need to be done right now? Right. Does this need to be done if, right now? And if so, why? I think that's such a powerful question when you're talking to any provider, yeah. any provider that wants to, you know, charge you to do whatever it is that they're going to do for you is, do I, do I need this now? You know, do I need this at all? Um, and do I need to do it now? And do I need to pay for it now? I think just asking that can save people lots of money. I think of probably a more dire one is uh, with doctors. If the, if yeah. you receive a diagnosis, asking what it means. A scary diagnosis. Yeah. Yeah. What it, what it means for you, what it means for your family, what the treatment right. plans are. That way you have a base to it from which you can start. And understanding your treatment plan or understanding what, what's going on or what this is going to take, that could alter the course of your life. You know, it's funny because I always think about my brother when, when you talk about this. You know, my brother passed from cancer a few years ago. And I can remember, you know, I, him and I used to go to the Mass General and we'd do, you know, hang out and do chemo and meet with doctors. And, you know, one of the things that I said to him as he started to get sicker, he was still working. And I said, you know, dude, his diagnosis was dire. And he eventually did die of this about 20 months later. And he was working. And I said... I got to tell you, if it were me, I would, with a 10-year-old son, I'd be thinking I have one job. And that one job is to try to stay as well as I can for as long as I can so I can spend as much time with my 10-year-old son and my older daughters and my wife as long as I possibly can. Is going to work helping or taking away from that? Because he thought, you know, if I, the more I can work, the more normal I'll feel. And I hear this a lot from people that are very sick, that they'll feel more normal if they go to work. But what they really, what they're really doing is they're trading a finite 
resource because time is a finite resource for everybody. But for somebody who is very ill, a finite resource becomes excruciatingly finite. And I think if you know you have much less of it than you thought you had before, that you should be thinking about that as the most important thing. How do I use that time with um, either to stay as well as I possibly can while I try to get treatment, spend time with the people that I love, um, but it certainly shouldn't be punching hours at the post office. And I practically had to drag him out of there kicking and screaming because that was normal for him. Going to work every day felt like normal to him, even though he was incredibly sick and the work was too hard. Yeah. But it's all about asking those really tough questions. What's this really mean? What's it mean to me? What's it mean to my family? Am I doing things that are helping, that are, that are working for me and my family? Or am I actually doing things that are taking away? Yeah. And that goes back to you thinking about what, what's the worst that could happen if you ask the question. And in that certain scenario, the worst that could happen is you get another answer you don't like. Right. At that point. And I'll tell you when you're afraid and you're talking to the people in the white coats, you don't want to ask the next question. I always say like, if you know that you're sick like that, you don't go alone. Yeah. You just don't. I mean that, you know, I went with my brother and his wife because they shouldn't have gone alone. And if you can do it and you have the time and you can carve it out, it's really helpful just to be that other person that hears the same thing because you don't hear that well when somebody's telling you something really terrible about your current health or when you're sick. There's a part of you that doesn't absorb everything that you hear. And so it's just better to have more people listening. And maybe somebody who can ask the questions. Yeah. Maybe give you the answers when you're ready to hear them. Right. So let's talk about the favor effect. You talk about the Ben Franklin effect. That's the last thing I've got on your list. You want to explain that to our listeners? Yeah. So this is on a a much lighter note. Yes. Let's Um, go light. This is an interesting thing that I read about a little while ago. It starts with the story of Ben Franklin. He ran this sort of this think tank tank club. It was a conglomerate of these working class intellectuals. Because Ben Franklin had a lot of brothers and sisters and only went to school for a few years, but he was still a hyper-intelligent man who Clearly. worked at a printing press and learned everything he could by reading. He had this one guy that he just did not get along with, and they could not figure, he couldn't figure out how to build that relationship until one day he just asked if he could borrow one of the, one of the guy's books. And so he asked for this favor. He said, can I borrow your book? And of course, them being at odds, the guy probably thought he was a weirdo at the time, but complied anyway, because polite society, that's what you do. Right. And when Ben was done with the book, he returned the book with a thank you letter and they were friends going forward. So whenever you ask a favor of somebody, there's this endearing effect where it draws them a little bit closer to you, whether that's through you showing some vulnerability or some, I, I don't understand all the psychology behind it, but there were a couple of studies done that supported the idea, but just Something simple as like, oh, if you're getting a glass of water, would you mind pouring me one as well? Or can you do me a favor and hold the door for me while I move this piece of furniture in? It's just something to keep at the back of your mind as a subtle way to build a closer relationship with somebody or make somebody a little bit friendlier with you. And I think in the professional world, the personal world, I think that's invaluable. Yeah, I think uh, the idea that you're going to be an island you're going to do it all by yourself and you're never going to need any help from anybody else. You're never going to ask for help and you're never going to accept help. It's like you're going to have a long, lonely and miserable life. Yeah. And it's also good practice. So when you do need to ask the questions, it may be a more difficult scenario. You're used to saying, hey, I, huh. think, I think somebody could do this for me. 
And yeah. I don't think it would be too bad for them. You actually know how to ask if you ask a little bit. Yeah. So interdependent versus completely self-sufficient, knowing when and how to ask for help, whether or not you're asking for a discount on an expense that you're paying with a, with a company that you do business with, or you're talking to your employer about time off or maybe even more money. You really want to think about how you ask and get on with the idea of just asking for it. What's the worst thing that can happen? Joe, thanks so much for joining me today on the podcast. Yeah, thank you. And to our Money Matters audience until we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.